Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Episode 164 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Busy summer. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. Welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I am your host, Christopher Hahn. Thank you for liking, rating, reviewing, subscribing, and telling your friends about our podcast. Sorry if you missed me last week. I, I had some technical issues with this uh, computer where I make this laptop. Sorry, where I make this podcast. It's kind of old. I think it's time for a new one. I updated it dramatically, but I think it's time for me to just break down and go buy another one with all the proceeds I've been making from the podcast. I think it might be, might have added up to a new laptop this year. So uh, maybe we'll give them a, give it a trial, figure something out in the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to muscle through today and deal with the technical problems. Have a quick conversation with you. I uh, do not have a guest for you today. I took last week off from the radio show holiday week, uh, played a little golf and did my thing. Uh, But again, Another week, another set of hearings from the uh, January 6th committee, more revelations, more conversation. And I think we're all like wondering, you know, when are people going to start being held accountable, right? There clearly was a crime being committed from the White House. Clearly, Donald Trump was well aware of the crime. Uh, And clearly there were people who were on the government staff that were both pushing back against it. And there were some who may have been aiding aiding and abetting in it. I am particularly talking about Mark Meadows. And again, I'm not dismissing Donald Trump. I think Liz Cheney hit the nail on the head at the last hearing when she said the guy's a 76-year-old man, not an impressionable child, right? So the fact that the Overstock.com guy and Rudy Giuliani and, and Mike Flynn, who, by the way, looks insane, in these hearings, both in the conversations about him and then the multiple times he takes the Fifth Amendment on like, you know, what is your name? Uh, I mean, he's just a ridiculous human being. And, and I'm of the mind right now that there is enough evidence for a military tribunal to co- court martial him and knock down his rank. He, you know, still goes by general. Uh, I'm sorry. He should not be a general. And if we have other generals in our military that are as susceptible to nonsense 
as Mike Flinner, maybe he's not susceptible to nonsense. Maybe he just wanted to have a coup. Maybe he's a monarchist and believes we should have a king. And God forbid, you know, I mean, we haven't even really talked about that as a nation. Some of these people are just monarchists. And maybe they didn't want the Trump family to rule, but maybe they want a family to rule or a group of families to rule. An oligarchy, kind of like what they have uh, in Russia with one person at the top of the oligarchy, Vladimir Putin. I don't know what it is, but Mike Flynn is definitely one of those people who does not believe in our republic, in our constitution. And Mike Flynn should be court-martialed by the military right now. And quite frankly, I am quite concerned that his brother, who is still in the military, has such a high position. And perhaps maybe it's time to reassign him to, I don't know, uh, a radar station somewhere north of the Arctic Circle. That's just my opinion. Of course, that could be a bad place to keep him because maybe he'll allow the Russian missiles to come overhead without us knowing about it. I don't trust the Flynn brothers. I just don't. And I don't like to... I don't like to paint the sins of a brother on a brother. Um, I don't like doing that, but uh, it's just, it's just something up. I mean, the brother was uh, in the position to bring the military in or the national guard in to help stem the January 6th insurrection. And he did not. I, uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And uh, watching these hearings, it's amazing to me. I think if these people were a little bit smarter, they probably would have succeeded. And if there were a few people who just would have went more, you know, a couple more people who would have went along with him, even inside the White House, even inside the Secret Service, driving him down to the Capitol, um, we could have been in, in a much worse place. God knows what would have happened if Donald Trump went to the Capitol with those people. God knows what would have happened. I, I mean, I'd... I mean, I, I guess it would have been worse for Donald Trump because I don't think he would have been successful anyway, but it might have been a more violent day and uh, he would have been impeached. I think we'd be done with Donald Trump by now had that happened. I mean, part of me says, God, I wish he would have gone, but then the other part of me says it probably could have been very violent had he gone down there. Those people would have fought more viciously for him and you might have even seen you know, those groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers who were the subject of last week's hearings actually attack thinking that they were working for the president of the United States, which, by the way, they were. And perhaps the reason why they weren't as violent as they had planned was that Donald Trump was not there leading the charge. And they had second thoughts about, you know, the fact that they may or may or may not be punished for this, and they are being punished for it, and they should be punished for it, but so should Donald Trump, and so should Mark Meadows, and so should Steve Bannon, and so should Michael Flynn and Rudy Giuliani. Um, it's, it's terrifying to me to think that these people had the, the, uh, the control of our government. And, um, I don't know how I feel about him running again, right? I think part of me says, well, there's one thing that could unify Democrats in this country. It's that they would be challenging Donald Trump, right? That to me would unify Democrats and bring, bring together the coalition that elected Biden and will make, you know, Biden or whoever the Democrats nominate in 2024, the likely presidential uh, president. Um, I think that would happen. I think he wants to run right now, so he thinks that it would stop the criminal investigations of him. And I quite frankly think that that's nonsense. I think that there's plenty of time for the Department of Justice to prosecute Donald Trump, 
before the 2024 election. I don't care if he announces now. And quite frankly, if you are a Republican running for the United States Senate anywhere in this country right now, you are praying to God that Donald Trump holds off his announcement to for his 2024 presidential campaign until you know November 15th. Because nothing will unify Democrats more than thinking they are fighting Donald Trump. It could even help the Democrats in the House. And I've said this many times. I've long written off the House of Representatives to gerrymandering. But it could make it a very tight House, uh, in which case there is a possibility, and I know I say this all the time, and uh, I'm always wrong, but I'll say it again. It makes for a possibility of a coalition government in the House of Representatives where Democrats and Republicans, Republicans who are not Trump-loving nut jobs, come together to actually form a governing House of Representatives, probably with the Republican Speaker of the House, since they have the majority. I think that would probably be the deal, but with Democrats controlling some committees. I I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, there is a, a, a strong possibility of that if it's a very narrow victory. Let's say that the Republicans take the House by 10 seats. You think there's 10 people in the House of Representatives that have had enough with Kevin McCarthy's nonsense? With Karen, Kevin McCarthy cow-towing to Donald Trump? Let's say Liz Cheney s- s- miraculously holds on to her seat in Wyoming. And I think she might. But let's say she does. That's one Republican right there. That means your majority's nine. Um, and maybe she starts picking some people off because I am sure there are some people in the House of Representatives that are disgusted by what they are seeing out of Kevin McCarthy. He is a weak, weak human being. So, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of a lot of miles between here and there, and it's a lot going on for the summer. I mean, it's July. And I was seriously thinking about taking the entire summer off from radio and TV. And just, you know, catching up on life. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that this summer. Too much going on. The January 6th committee is having a meeting on Thursday. Prime time. Uh, That should be interesting. We're going to find out what Trump was exactly doing during the times of the riot. We're going to go item by item, minute by minute. Um, I think they're going to, you're going to see more of the Pat Cipollone testimony. He testified for seven hours before the January 6th committee. I'm sure there's a lot there. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they come up with. And by the way, I know they say this is the last hearing of the summer and people are like, well, this is the last hearing. No, it's not the last hearing. (laughs) Okay. Trust me, America. There's going to be more hearings. First of all, they've got to issue a report, right? The report's going to come out sometime, I would say, late September, early October for maximum effect. And the report's going to be damning. And the report's going to have, I imagine, recommendations to the DOJ in it. And I know that that's not necessarily part of what the committee's charge is, but it's going to to suggest strongly that the DOJ take some of this stuff up. And I'm hopeful that by then, there will be some consequences. I know that right now, as I'm recording this podcast on a Monday, Steve Bannon is in a courtroom in Washington, D.C. for his contempt trial. They are picking a jury, and he will be held in contempt. Of Congress. He played a game last week saying he wanted to testify. He didn't really want to testify. So, 
you know, there needs to be consequences. People need to go to jail and, and not just the guys who, you know, were wearing funny costumes and made it into the Capitol. The leaders need to go to jail and the leaders include Mark Meadows and the leaders include Donald Trump. And whether or not he goes to jail or not, I don't know. But, uh, you know, he does need to be have there does need to be a consequence to Donald Trump. And frankly, Republicans in Congress need to be calling for that, not just me. It's time for them to break with this guy. They're not gonna because they only care about having that stupid House of Representatives pin lunch in the in the house cafeteria. I mean, I've been there. It's not that great. Um, it's time for them to to break with him because why are you even in Congress if you won't take a stand? All right, I'm going to take a short break. I'll come back. I'll talk about some more stuff. Uh, lots going on. So uh, listen to this and I'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. All right. Hey, um, by the way, don't forget to tell your friends about this podcast and follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hall on Twitter. I've got a lot of TV appearances coming up. Uh, I've been both been doing Fox, Fox Business, and of course, News Nation. I've been doing a lot of that, uh, particularly at the seven o'clock hour uh, on balance with Leland Vitter. Uh, check that out. New show I've been doing on a new network, which is uh, a lot more balanced than where you've been seeing me. So check me out there uh, as well. So you know, finally tonight, I want to talk a little bit about inflation and, you know, this desire for complete change and anger over inflation in America and how everyone is holding Biden accountable for inflation. He is the president, right? As Harry Truman once said, the buck stops here. And he wasn't talking about uh, male deer or dollars. He was talking about passing the buck, meaning passing the blame. I, I can't believe how often I have to explain that to people, by the way. I just can't believe it. Um, but we we live in a capitalist economy, right? Supply, demand. The president doesn't control the supply chain. He doesn't control the price of oil, the speculation on the worldwide energy market is not something the president can easily manipulate. In fact, he's done everything he can to manipulate that market by releasing the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, putting pressure on oil producers both domestically and abroad, including you know going to Saudi Arabia last week and fist bumping uh, the Crown Prince MBS, which by the way, I want to point one thing out about that. I know I'm diverging here. The day before he was in Saudi Arabia, he shook the hand of the Israeli prime minister. And there were no less than three questions at his press conference 
about whether or not he was breaking COVID protocol by shaking the hand of the Israeli prime minister. And didn't he say he was going to fist bump all these world leaders? The next day, he goes to Saudi Arabia and he fist pumps MBS. I'm sorry. He just can't win, right? It's like they're going to attack him no matter what he does. But I digress here. The price of oil has come. The price of gasoline has come down now every day for the last 30 days. And quite frankly, it'll be below $4 a gallon by the end of the summer. At this rate, maybe even like by mid-August. And it should be under $4 a gallon now based on the price of oil. There's some serious profit-taking going on at the major gasoline uh, you know, producing companies in this country. Major profit-taking. In fact, the, the cost of oil, even at its height, would have had gas at about three seventy-five a gallon. But, you know, everybody wants to blame Biden for that. What is Biden supposed to do? Set the price, which is what we would do if we were a communist country, which we're not. Wouldn't that be socialism, these great capitalists? And yes, I get it. The price of everything's gone up. I, I was shopping the other day for just basic stuff. I couldn't believe how much I paid for butter. Okay. Yes, I get it. Cost of things have gone up in America. But does that mean we want to turn the keys of government back over to people who don't even believe in democracy? They don't even believe in elections. They're fascists. Let's let's call them what they are. If we turn it back to them now, we are risking the future of this country. And if you think the economy's bad now, Donald Trump's second term as president would end the economy as we know. You think your 401k is having problems the last couple of weeks? You wouldn't even have a 401k. All the, everything you worked for, it wouldn't even matter anymore. Donald Trump does not believe the rules apply to him. If he wants to take it from you, he will in a second presidency. So think about that while you're bitching and moaning about the cost of gas. I got it. It's up. It's up everywhere in the world. The president of the United States is not to blame for it. They want to say that the reason why we have inflation in this country is because we passed a bill that gave people with kids a couple of bucks a month to feed their freaking kids. Nobody wants to complain you know, about the PPP loans that we gave out that God knows where they went. We're starting to see the horror stories of that now. Nobody wants to see to complain about the aid we gave to major corporations and airlines and everything else, even though the airlines are falling apart today. No, no, they're blaming inflation on the fact that working people and the working poor, let's be clear, in this country, had a little money to pay their bills for a little while and to eat and to not have food insecurity or get thrown out of their apartments. Uh, how ridiculous is that? We had pent-up demand. And we had broken supply chains, which are still broken to some extent. I know we all think that COVID is over. And I guess it's over if you want to go to a a movie or out to dinner. But for some reason, it's not over if you want to go back to work, especially if you work in close quarters. And it's not over, quite frankly, in that regard. So there are still supply chain issues. And also a lot of people said, you know what? I want to think about my life here a little bit. Maybe I don't want to work in a factory. Maybe I don't want to be chopping meat. Maybe I don't want to be doing whatever I was doing. And they're they're trying new things. So there are supply chain issues because human capital is harder to come by right now in America and around the world. Nothing like a life-threatening disease to get people to rethink their, their life goals 
And that's a good thing. But it's not Joe Biden's fault. It's not the Democrats in the Senate and the House's fault. It's just the economy. And for all these, you know, rock rib capitalist conservatives, they sure as hell want the president to fix the economy. Now, I'd like to ask them a question instead of just blaming, you know, I see Jim Jordan blaming Jim Jordan is a fascist who would have helped Donald Trump overthrow the government and quite frankly deserves to be, you know, should be testifying before the January 6th committee, especially since he asked for a pardon and I'd like to know why. Or he, you know, was hinting around a pardon. Matt Gates was hinting around a pardon. He wanted a complete pardon of every crime ever. He ever committed ever. <laughs> I wonder what that's about, Matty boy. But, you know, next time you hear them complain, the follow-up question should be, what would you do to fix it? And don't tell me you're going to drill for more oil. We do not have a shortage of oil. Period. There is no shortage of oil. We're not waiting on lines for gasoline in America like it's 1979. No. We have plenty of oil, and there's more speculation than anything else. And that's the problem. And that's why oil prices have gone up. And that's why everything's getting affected by them. By quite frankly, you know, the oil industry might just be trying to make up the money they lost in 2020 when oil was trading at negative. They'd pay you to take oil. Not doing that these days. So who knows? All right. Well, this is a nice short and sweet episode of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everyone and everything, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week. To tell you the truth as I see it, I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.